Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. Twenty twenty four, and I am just progressively becoming the worst person you know. <laughs> in what in what way? I got a Fender Jazzmaster, and then literally the next day shaved off my beard so that I now I'm just another <laughs> indie boy with a mustache. Oh man! I mean, all, honestly, all you need to do is start playing math rock, and then mm. you'll have the trinity of being an indie boy right there. Yeah, no, I like, I have a, a baggy pair of corduroy pants I acquired recently. Mm, nice. Um, Last night, we went out to a sake bar to watch hot jazz live. Uh, You know, I'm just, I'm just becoming that, mm. I guess. I, I, you're I, I embracing don't, it. I don't know how it happened, but I just, I, I turned around. I, I, I just, I rode, I rode a, a, a three-speed bike to get here today i mean it's great exercise and you're doing your part for mm-hmm. the environment mm-hmm. that's that's what i say yes yeah you let's yeah, you have to tell everybody that you rode your bike that's how it starts <laughs> you ride your bike but it's not enough to ride your bike you have to tell everybody that you rode your mm-hmm. bike um that's mm-hmm. when it starts to spread no let, let's get really to the root of the problem it all starts when you begin cuffing your pants Ooh, because that happened that to me. Years. Oh, same. You know me. Well, I have to cuff. You know that's. Just... Oh yeah. Well, I, I, as as people that know me, uh, will know. I am I am a huge fan of the uh, denim brand Naked and Famous, and I mm-hmm. need to cuff my jeans so that people can see that it's different from other jeans. Absolutely. Yeah. You need to. It has. To, you get the pattern underneath, and it's like, oh, whoa, yeah. who's this guy with these cool jeans? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I also just like to appeal appear taller. So, you know, just by giving that little bit of yeah. ankle room. I'm trying to look like I'm a full-sized human, so I need to <laughs> I need to cuff my pants so that I don't just, you know, look like uh, a Clydesdale horse with uh <laughs> With my with my hems dragging on the ground, I just I don't know. Like I think it was it was like rooted into me when I was because now I'm you know I've I've started to get mm-hmm. away from skinny jeans. You know now we're 2024. Right. I have clear glasses, so I finally oh. got to that trend. I know I finally was able to get glasses that like can feel comfortable because I have a very rough prescription. So I got clear mm-hmm. glasses, even though that trend is five years behind. But it's fine, you know, I'm fine. And uh, but it's like. I'm trying to get into, you know, larger pants, like having right, a wider right. fit jean or a wider fit uh, mm-hmm. pair of trousers. But it's like having just worn the same type of pants for years. It's like, man, yeah. it's tough. But I, I think it's like you have to embrace a little bit of that like indie indie boy, you know. But but you have to know when to cut yourself off. Like if I become too much into work we're men. Wear, we're, we're, we're men, men yeah. At this we're indie, point, right? I guess that's true. I am 27 and you're almost 30. So that's, I guess I'm also <laughs> almost 30. That is the other thing that is, I am staring <laughs> down the barrel of this year. No, Jesus. it's exciting. Embrace it. You become full uh, adult. It's a good thing. It'll be good. And full adult. 
Yeah. Did I tell you my sister keeps rounding me up to 30? Really? Yeah, like, I, I turned 27, and she's like, yeah, and you're about to be 30. I was like, I have three more years. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Wow. It have, it's, it's the same Whoa, thing. I bold, mean, bold talk. I know. It always hurts. I'm just like, I mean, I don't mind being old, but it does feel a little weird. But this is coming from my family who, like, it could be 6'10", and they'll just round it to 7. Like, it might as well just be the next hour. <laughs> You know, I to me, that speaks maybe a little bit more to uh, a sense, uh, honestly, like a realistic sense of mm-hmm. like time. You know, if like <laughs> you're like, it's 610. We've got to leave soon. Let's just say we're going to not leave till seven. Yeah, you know? it's <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's mm-hmm. just how it goes, I guess. But yes. um, but yes, it is a new year. New we are year. back here at the Uncanny County Museum. We hope you all enjoyed uh, your breaks, your holidays, whatever, uh, whatever was uh, the, uh, the 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 dying embers of twenty twenty three for you. Absolutely. But um, as we start the new year, we wanted to start actually with um, some kind kind of some topical news, but also. Um, a, an ongoing uh, project here in the United States of uh, rewilding uh, certain mm. uh, parts of the country, reintroducing species, and a big update that came uh, right uh, as uh, 2023 was uh, wrapping up. And I'm sure uh, we will see in the coming years how this plays out exactly. But um, what we are talking about today... Um, we are here in, of course, in the uh, the hall of um, apex American predators. Mm. Um, you know, uh, don't uh, d- don't go down that hallway. That's all just a Chris Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen catches. Oh my God! Not to be confused with the, the catch a predator hall. Jesus, mm-hmm. um, that that was mm-hmm. a good joke. That was funny. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I I think I've mentioned before, but I do listen to his podcast. It is very formulaic, uh, you know. I uh, but fair but enough. One thing, one thing that I weirdly live for is Chris Hansen doing podcast ad reads. Because interesting, it is, it is so funny listening to him because he has the same he has that same cadence of voice that he always has had. Right, but he's like. My family loves HelloFresh. Oh but my god. <laughs> could you imagine the the terror of a delivery person going up to the door? You open the door and it's, it's Chris, Chris Hansen. Yeah, and you're like, check for no, cameras, no, no, no. Like... I'm just delivering. I'm just delivering your HelloFresh. Why don't right. you come in and have a seat? Why don't you have a and seat you're right like, there? No, no, what you, no. What are you I'm doing? Just... What are you doing here tonight? Oh my god, that is that's very real on that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, geez. Mm-hmm. So anyways, what we are talking about, though, um, sort of does, uh, if, if we turn the clock back uh, about a century, the, you know, the U.S. government, you know, used to, like, put out um, uh, uh, th- things to encourage people to mm-hmm. uh, hunt and extinguish wolves, uh, you know, back uh, back then, you know, the, uh, the West still had... Um, uh, quite a few of them, and there were a lot of incentives. Uh, it was incentivized to kill wolves as as a pest animal, as something that uh, inhibited uh, ranching, mm-hmm. uh, as something that like was a threat to um, agriculture out west. And now here we are, uh, 
just literally uh, a few weeks ago, wolves are being airdropped into <laughs> uh, Colorado. God. Uh, and it's it's kind of amazing. Now, Colorado, interestingly, uh, has uh, officially does not have any resident residential wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, five that were just released uh, this past December, uh, this was part of a 2020 referendum that was held uh, that that was it was basically on the ballot for Colorado residents um, to. Uh, vote on this, hmm. uh, which is sort of an interesting thing to think about being on the ballot. In the right. First place. Um, that is very true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like what would could you imagine New Jersey voting on whether or not wolves get reintroduced? I can imagine it and I can imagine it being very divisive at the dinner well, table. Well, yeah, but but uh, but I do think that uh New Jersey also sort of has a similar thing to Colorado where yeah. there are urban areas that are very blue um, and a lot of co- yeah. you know college towns in uh, both states, very blue. And then there's a more, uh, like like most states, the rural areas, the less uh, populated areas tend to yeah. be very red. Yes, and it's it's, I can imagine colorado having a similar issue because i mean you know i'm sure in like your your cities it's one thing but then you go out to the actual wilderness or country and right. it's like you know a very different vibe out there for sure but i yeah. mean and that's yeah. and it's really only our more contemporary um view of colorado where we think of boulder we think of skiing we think of to be honest, weed. Uh, I was going to say South Park, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but think about like even, I, I think even if you watch earlier seasons of South Park uh, or you even just listen to older people talk about Colorado, it is very recent that it has become such a purple state. Like it yeah. was, you know, because my mom went to college in Colorado and she went there from New Jersey, coming from New oh, Jersey. Wow. And it was another world in living memory. Colorado was a lot of, uh, you know, it was, they, they were all kind of ranchers and, you know, um, now with, you know, more eco tourism, the, uh, the, the recent, you know, boom to the economy with marijuana, but also, you know, like there's plenty of techie jobs in Colorado now. Um, there's, there's a lot of sprawl. the, it, it's changed the landscape quite a bit. And this was something that could only kind of get past because there's such, there, there is uh, all of that growth of, you know, kind of uh, liberal urbanites basically. Uh, and the, uh, the ranchers, the, the people uh, on the more of the, uh, the farmland or in uh, more uh, sparsely populated areas uh, are very vocal about not, uh, not wanting wolves to be reintroduced. And this this goes back quite a bit. There's, uh, and I, I, I can even remember this uh, in Montana, and wolves had been reintroduced to Yellowstone for quite a while by the time I was right. living in Montana. But there's still a lot of people that are very vocal about not wanting wolves in the state. It's always, I, I get it. 
to a certain mm-hmm. extent, right? Because it endangers your livelihood. But man, mm-hmm. wolves get a bad rep. It is just so... And it's like, they're so important. Like, the science mm-hmm. shows how important they are. And I'm sure we'll get into it here, too, as mm-hmm. to what they actually bring to the the food web and the environment mm-hmm. and such. But it's just like... Yeah. Uh, it, it frustrates me every single time. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would overhear people talk about it quite a lot. They really like to trump up the fact that the Yellowstone wolves, um, they 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 talk about how they're like they're they're not even American wolves; they're Canadian wolves that they brought down here. Yeah, we uh, killed all the American wolves. Like, what do you want? <laughs> I don't I don't understand. I didn't know yeah. immigration was going to go this far where it was going to yeah. affect the wolves, too. Wolf discrimination. Build, build a wall up build there, the, too. Keep stop the these wolves Canadian out. wolves. Oh, man. We need the, uh, the dome so they can't get airdropped in here. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's just so ridiculous. I don't understand. Yeah, they, they end up, like, grounding a, a frontier <laughs> flight just because it has a wolf on the tail. <laughs> Like, we well, thought so they we were can't trying be sure. to take. We thought they were trying to bring in more wolves, um, <laughs> but you know that does it does kind of fall into a little bit of a of a stereotype of you know kind of trigger happy rednecks, um, right? But uh, there is it is difficult for us uh, to always like to to empathize with um, with people that you know that that are living an agricultural agrarian lifestyle uh that uh really and we we talked about this all the way back when we had um Hillary McLean uh mm-hmm. paleontologist to the stars uh on the show and uh you know you do realize like even losing you know uh a, a single animal can be uh you know that that is a, a financial burden yeah um, for sure you know to lose livestock um historically there were um uh certain wolves that like even sort of like it was like almost like an uh a wild west bounty there was a gray wolf named uh the custer wolf or custer the wolf um huh. it, this is uh between 1911 and 1920 uh this this one wolf was attributed to have uh, killed uh, the modern equivalent of $320,000 worth of horses, cattle, and calves. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there was uh, uh, hundreds of dollars uh, of bounty uh, on the head of this wolf. Yeah, that's a lot um, of damage. That's for and sure. You know, th- this wolf was, like, supposed to elude, it eluded uh, people, you know, like, uh, th- people made up a backstory for it that, like, uh, <laughs> some, ranchers, some ranchers had killed, you know, its family, and it was, like, wreaking havoc. Is that for havoc. revenge? Yeah. No, oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's That's like, it's so like, good. yeah, th- this, this, this wolf understands, uh, you know, uh, Un- yeah vengeance <laughs> it's batman it's wolfman the wolfman <laughs> the wolfman oh coming. my god it's and all of a sudden you you hear just werewolves of london started playing but it's more of a western theme to it mm, mm, yes yes uh, d- does that just mean it's all summer long by kid rock mm, slightly so. more, more slightly country. more twin yeah a little yeah. slower yeah yeah um uh obviously i think we're on the warren zebon side of that yes uh yes um r.i.p now people really anthropomorphized this wolf like that um 
you know, there there was a newspaper that called it the cruelest, most sagacious, most successful animal outlaw. Dang. The master criminal of the animal world. They oh they really believed like that this wolf was killing animals not just to eat them, but like specifically to like mess with the people of Custer, South Dakota. I could see people there thinking that. Like I could see like you got nothing else really going on. You, <laughs> you need a, the public that's enemy. The thing, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta remember, you got time on your hands if you live yeah, in South Dakota. You know, exactly. I, I I understand it's a hard job. You know, sure, right? yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, you know, this is like, this is like, you know, uh, old timey farmers versus a wolf. And it's a very romantic story in a lot of ways. Capital R romantic. Right. But further study since then has shown, you know, we the, there's only so much we'll ever know about what happened, what really right. happened. You know, this was a hundred years ago in South Dakota, uh, and you know you're you're going off of a lot of hearsay. Uh, a wolf that was supposed to be the Custer wolf was uh, killed, and you know this was this was all sort of a this was all attributed to this one particular wolf. But things that have in subsequent years, as we've studied the issue of livestock death, it's turned out that things like you know, th- there's there's maybe some things that might appear more obvious, like coyotes, uh, you know, uh, do pose are mm. often kill animals and the kills are attributed to wolves, um, feral dogs. Yeah, it's uh, a big problem. But also things like ravens actually kill oh. a, a fair amount of young livestock. Uh, like really? Yeah, just large birds are capable of bringing down uh, especially young animals. I I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that's and and, and especially out west where there's a lot of hawks and eagles. Uh, th- these are animals that, uh, especially eagles, often people forget. Uh, you know, eagles uh, sometimes attack deer. You know, really? Yeah, like. Huh. Like a, a, a golden eagle can bring down uh, a, a decent sized animal. I mean, they are um, big. That's true. They, they are That's... very big. Um, you know, people and it, it, this. So this has become one of these things where there might have similar to in Australia, uh, you know, with the hunting of the thylacine, mm. um, the, the government sanctioned hunting of them. It, uh, it turns out that there probably were other animal culprits uh, killing sense. the livestock. Um, and uh, just the, the, the biggest, scariest predator kind of got the flack for it. Mm. So we have an interesting legal situation going on here too. Um, now, at le- because this was technically put into law the hunters or sorry the uh the the farmers are like at least the official spokespeople are like well we will you know there's nothing we can do about it we will obey the law and we will do what we can um they are not allowed to shoot the wolves uh or kill them um unless they actively catch them attacking livestock and this is also a thing in Montana that can get a little hairy because you can't right. just monitor people all the time. People can kind of always say, 
um, oh, it, you know, it was coming for my livestock, and so I shot it. Yeah, um, I was going to say. I, like, I how poisoned do you... it or, you know, right. anything like that. And there is a lot of that that happens uh, in different places, and we'll get into it a little bit more in a second. But um, that is, we we have to put trust in people, and that's very difficult, especially on something like this that gets very politicized and very partisan. You could easily see someone who has a very physically demanding job, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it might feel kind of good to, like, stick it to the stick it to the liberals in uh boulder if you you know if you can take down a wolf you know yeah yeah also a lot of people don't have sympathy or empathy for animals so that'll do it yeah you know yeah. And it is like it, it it's that's like the weird thing with these policies because it's like okay well there's a loophole right there yeah because there's not a wolf lawyer Who's gonna be like? Well, actually, you know, I was there. Wait, we saw, Joe, we have a witness. Joe, write write that down right now because we are going to pitch that show. Wolfman okay, lawyer. Wolf, Wolfman the. Lo- oh, okay, I will. I will make note of that. Unless <laughs> Wolf lawyer uh, is is that a, is that an SNL sketch that we've mm. just we're we're not aware of? Obviously, there's caveman lawyer. It could be. I mean, it's kind of like. I mean, honestly, anything could be an SNL sketch, you know? Mm-hmm. Whether or not we know it is different. It's like a Schrodinger's cat kind of deal. Right, right. I mean, the show the show has been on for a very long time. That's true. Anyways, um, so there's there's this legal uh, uh, issue here. Now, all of the um, wolves that have been released, uh, the, the five, mm-hmm. uh, they're all collared, and the collars will not only transmit their location, but they uh, also will indicate whether or not the wolf has died. Okay. Um, now, uh, and they, the the Colorado, you know, they're, they're not only going to release these five. They say, you know, there are plans to, uh, they will release uh, more in the coming years. The interesting thing about um, why these had to get released in December of last year is that because this was, you know, a referendum, there was a deadline. They had to release these wolves by December 31st of last year. And they were having a difficult time finding uh, uh, wolves that, uh, you know, met all of the requirements that they could get from other states uh, and bring them into Colorado. Hmm. Um, I believe these wolves came from Wyoming. Okay. uh, And, you know, had to be tracked captured tested you know make sure that these would be good good fit wolves to go into colorado and i don't know set up dispensaries or something uh what would what would a wolf call a dispensary uh like Ooh. uh is the uh, uh the moon weed, the den? Mm. Mm, weed den that's good or that's good call of the wild call of the wild Call of the Wild. That's pretty good. Thank you. There's a ton of names here. We could go on forever. Mm -hmm. But anyways. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) There was was a bit of a scramble to get these wolves uh, in there in the first place. And it it was kind of at the last minute. Um, Gotcha. But they did meet the deadline. uh, And uh, there will will be uh, more wolves coming. Uh, Now, we don't have... We almost don't have enough time to talk about, like, what a tremendous benefit wolves have been to like the Yellowstone ecosystem in Wyoming and Montana. 
Um, and, you know, it's just, it's really revitalized uh, mm-hmm. a lot of it by, you know, keeping down deer populations, then uh, keeping deer out of certain areas uh, where they otherwise might overgraze. It right. really, from top to bottom, it's rerouted streams. It's helped all sorts of smaller animals come back uh, that uh, otherwise uh, would either be outcompeted by the deer or um, just the, the, the environments that they need uh, mm-hmm. would be overgrazed by deer and elk. Um, you know, there, there's a certain like stagnancy that we like really associate with like kind of the, the forests out here in the, the East of the United States. Yeah. And, you know, people, you know, just, there's not that same hiking culture and, and even people that do, I think, you know, the, the, even stuff like Lyme disease, you know, and all of this, all of this stuff, it's a lot of it does come down to the fact that there are, it's just, they're not healthy ecosystems. Uh, Mm. A lot of keystone species have been removed uh, either systematically or accidentally because of the introduction of invasive species or overhunting or just uh, over harvest. Um, So it's really, it's really kind of incredible going out West where Lyme disease is practically non-existent especially in montana it does it it occasionally does uh pop up but it is extremely rare and a lot of that is in part due to deer population control and uh and the uh and the control of deer ticks so there's lots and lots of benefits and on occasion everyone acknowledges yeah wolves might go after livestock um there's also the issue that surprisingly wolves do not um acknowledge state borders uh what you mean they're not (laughs) they're not aware of this the problem is colorado is very square it Uh, is yeah those of you familiar with geography uh it is lots of straight lines at the border um these wolves there's no guarantee that they will settle in Colorado have offspring and establish territories uh there is a possibility that they will just wander back into Wyoming now the danger is um wolves are not protected quite the same in Wyoming and they could also they do run the risk of just being shot right um, yeah so these wolves could uh could put themselves in dangerous situations without knowing it. Uh, and, um, you know, there's, uh, uh, you have to hope that they, the, the wild areas that they have been put into will be sufficient for them to, uh, to establish territories that they'll want to return to. Um, you know, on the East coast where we don't have wolves anymore, coyotes are kind of the, 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 the bad guy. Yeah, Uh, in in a lot of our perception of things. And what a lot of people don't realize is that coyotes often go go after uh, our pets and chickens and everything here on the East Coast so Mm -hmm. often because we kill them so, like, without thought. And one thing to understand about coyotes is, like wolves, they also have very deep social bonds. And right. we're kind of 
making coyotes into psychopaths because whenever you shoot one on sight, you're probably shooting the parents. Uh, and mm. then these coyotes are growing up with, with their, their social bonds and tatters and they don't have the hunting instincts to know to go after deer and, you know, rabbits and stuff. And instead they're just going after the easiest thing, which let's be honest is, you know, domesticated animals. Right. That makes sense. That's yeah, very interesting. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's why, um, a lot of people are very gung ho about like, you must exterminate all coyotes. Cause if you kill one more, will come back. Um, yeah, no, people are brutal about it. It's it's, oh, it's a yeah. thing here too, especially in like New Jersey. Like they, they mm -hmm. freak out about it, and it's like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, you live in the forest. Like, what did you expect? Right. Like, it's just it's bizarre. People like, really love the wilderness, and they don't want to live in the dirty cities. But God, you know, you ooh, give them it's an animal. Let's forget coyotes it. or yeah. anyth anything. It doesn't even matter. It could be moles, you know. And it's like, oh my God, it's an, it's crazy. All yeah. these things are invading my home, and it's like maybe yeah. don't live here. Like. I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Allison, Allison has told me about um, uh, my, my girlfriend, Allison, who grew up in Crystal River, Florida, which is a much uh, less densely populated uh, place compared to where I grew up. Um, but she's told me quite a bit. Uh, uh, I, but I, I don't want to press her too much on this story because I kind of think it's a little funny almost to imagine. But she swears an opossum got in and killed all of her chickens once. Uh, and I'm just like, I, I believe you. I believe you. But I can't imagine an opossum, like, even just moving that quickly. Like, chickens chickens can get really mean. Like, what, chickens what, type, are brutal. Of yeah, what yeah. type of chicken is getting taken down by an opossum? Yeah, but, but you know she's like I caught him like but uh, I, I I and I believe her but it is like okay there's a lot of things that can kill chickens you know That's I true. guess is the is the moral of the story well yeah um, it could be a hawk I don't know you know it yeah could be anything yeah so we just we need to we need to ground all of these hawks they can't you know we need yeah, to put ground, them through no airport, flight airport security <laughs> yeah TSA, TSA for hawks why isn't TSA <laughs> controlling these hawks and vultures oh my god it's <laughs> no flight zone yeah Jesus yeah. Can, no it's yeah. it it is kind of crazy yeah and uh so there there's. There's a lot of emotions that come up with this stuff. People do get, they really do have this this vendetta against, especially yeah. coyotes oh, out yeah. here. Um, what a lot of people don't realize, uh, though, is in fairly recent uh, history, we did have wolves here on the East Coast. And not only that, we had our own species. Hmm. Uh, and there was a reintroduction effort uh, that had some mixed results. And I was going to talk about that a little bit uh, now as a, yeah. uh, as a uh, another example of one of these reintroduction efforts. But Colorado has a lot of wilderness, uh, and a lot of public lands. The East Coast, as we'll see, faces a lot of other challenges when it comes to reintroducing an apex predator. Um, now, 
on the East Coast, uh, you know, really going from Southern Canada all the way down to Florida. So this would have been something in both of our home states. We had the mm. Red Wolf. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this was uh, its own uh, species uh, of wolf. Um, and the this was another animal that was uh, systematically hunted uh, because of uh, agri- the threat that it uh, it seemed to pose to agriculture and, uh, you know, just uh, in general, uh, you know, trying to make areas safer for people to settle. Another thing that we have to remember about the East Coast is because it's been uh, colonized longer, there's a lot – it's really hard to, you know uh, – just get across how much area, uh, h- how much habitat was mm. really destroyed. Because mm-hmm. um, even in green spaces that we might perceive as wilderness here on the East Coast, we have to realize that a lot of it is second and third generation growth. Yeah. Uh, the the forests that were here were all almost entirely logged. Uh, the prairie and grasslands uh, of the southeast are almost entirely obliterated the northeast was logged and then what wasn't logged kind of died from like you know beetles that were accidentally introduced and dutch elm disease and all this other stuff um so uh the red wolf there there were very very few left by the 20th century and another difficult thing uh, for uh, conservationists was distinguishing them from coyotes because they are superficially very similar and they have sort of that reddish color that coyotes have. So when after um, uh, there was a, a lot of uh, environmental legislation put in to place in the 70s, some red wolves were collected. And they they were bred in captivity, but there was always sort of a fear that the red wolves that they had left were all intermixed with coyotes at that point. Hmm. And that there was that that there was not a lot of genetic diversity left with red wolves. So what what happened later uh, in the eighties when uh, they tried to look at the population that they had uh you know this was a species that was down to like 60 individuals 63 individuals jeez you know uh there were very very few left um you know there the 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 breeding population that had to you know be worked with uh you know they they had collected like 17 they were able to find Mm. um and you know, at least some of them had some coyote in them. Uh, there were not a lot of purebred red wolves uh, left. Um, and when they were released into the wild, in a lot of instances, they there were just some years where they would not have litters. In fact, um, as recently as 2018, uh, there were no wild litters born. Mm-hmm. Um there have been multiple attempts to reintroduce them since 1987, but there's a lot of issues too where these are often getting released on private land um, because uh. there's a, it, it's it's a weird situation that th- this is an animal that almost entirely exists 
uh, as a captive population. They went, they were declared extinct in the wild um, mm. not too long ago. They're, they're on three wildlife refuges and then like also a, an Air Force bombing range. Uh, what? <laughs> like they're, 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 they're scrounging around trying to find remote enough places right. uh, in like North Carolina and Georgia uh, and the like to release them. Uh, you know, there, there's been some released in the Great Smoky Mountains uh, National Park in Tennessee. Um, but competition with coyotes, diseases, uh, and all sorts of environmental problems, they were not able to establish a population there. There's mm. low prey density. Uh, when the wolves leave the park, they're almost always shot or poisoned. Oh, uh, or or hit by cars. Oh. Um, some have been released uh, on like islands in the in the south, like in Florida, South Carolina, Mississippi, uh, and there's like kind of like a captive breeding programs on these island. Uh, Saint Vincent Island uh, in Florida is the only active island propagation site. Uh, hmm. There's been a lot of attempts. As of today, there's about 300 in total, and uh, only 35 uh, are mm. actually in the wild. The other uh, 270 so are all in captivity. Jeez. Um, so it's really difficult to get an area like the East Coast back into the swing of this stuff. It's going to be a long haul. Um, and also a lot of these wolves, similar to the Florida panther, because they're working with so few individuals, yeah. uh, there's a lot of inbreeding. The one weird glimmer of hope with our greater understanding of genetics now is that they have found coyote populations with genes that would be that would represent unique genes to red wolves. Hmm. And they could potentially uh, get those into the population to get some genetic diversity. Um, okay. Uh, it, but it's, it, again, this is a long ongoing project uh, and it's got kind of mixed results. A lot of people don't like the idea that, oh, you're releasing a larger super coyote back into our, into our land. Uh, which is maybe not the best way to editorialize it, but you know, it is, it, there are people living there and we kind of also have to maybe retrain people how to yeah. safely for, for their own safety, but also for the safety of the wolves, you know, how do we live amongst them? Uh, yeah. in these areas that we're trying to revitalize, you know, just because the, 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 the East Coast of the U.S. has been so ecologically depleted. It is um, rough. It is. It is. Well, we we've talked about this a few times too. That like people are just very scared of predator animals. Mm -hmm. You know, like especially with yeah. sharks, for instance. Where oh it's yeah. Like, um, and I'm sure you know because you live in Florida, and that's that's right by the sea, but or the ocean. But like, even on for me, like being in New Jersey, like, oh my gosh, if a shark gets spotted, it's like a whole big thing. And it's yeah. just like you start to realize it, you know, and especially like as I got older, it was just like, you know, 
it's their it's their home like why are we being so scared about this it doesn't really affect us like i don't understand and like it's just it's that it's that fear and then we need to kill these things we have to remove them but then ignoring the reasons as to why they exist and what they're Mm -hmm. you know not i don't want to say like use but like almost like what they contribute to the to the food webs to the to the environment and ecology of those areas it's so important and it's the same with wolves it's the same with any predator animals around and it's 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 worth understanding that you know it's worth yeah. just recognizing and we, we see it too it's like you know oh well veg- vegetarian animals are good anything that eats another animal is bad and it's like this weird binary you know almost like religious moralizing. view moralizing exactly it's moralizing of animals that it doesn't really it's non-human it doesn't really make any sense you know, we shouldn't it's, be it, doing yeah. that, but, you know. I mean, we romanticize wolves, certainly. Oh, oh yes. I mean, I've seen some t-shirts. <laughs> Inside of us, there are two wolves. Um, <laughs> you know, That's two wolves right there. We got plenty two of wolves. wolves. The, wolf, the, wait, the wolf was wait, in us so, the whole time. So, wait, there's how many people are there now? Like, seven and a half billion, eight billion? It's probably eight billion, yeah. Okay, so we're talking 16 billion wolves. Wow. I mean, that's a huge wolf population right there, if we think about it. Yeah. Speaking of which, that brings us to Doggone It. Oh, it's <laughs> a great name. Is this <laughs> a new you. game? Yes. Joe, uh, I, I, are you ready to play Doggone It? I, I guess so. I better doggone be ready to. All right. Prepare to howl with Allen Ginsberg. Uh, okay. With delight. Uh, we haven't been put doing as many wolf puns as I thought we would. I know. So I, thought I, 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 tr- I thought we'd pause here for mm, a minute. That's great. Yes. I'm glad we could just get this right out into the uh, to open air. So I am going to give you two countries and you have to tell me which one you think has more wolves. Uh, alive, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make so, sure because so pres- I can. I can... Present day. Present, present day. day. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, do you have any wolves watching at home? Uh, no, you have not a that dog I, well, named Bear. I, I do have a dog named Bear who's a husky and looks like a wolf. So I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit of a contradiction. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it's like it's so close. Um, <laughs> I know. Okay, so uh, China and Mongolia. Hmm. I'm gonna say Mongolia. You are correct. Mongolia nice. with 20,000 and China mm. with uh, 12,500. Hmm. Interesting. Spain and Portugal. Ha. Huh. I'm going to say Spain for the sake of just like size. You are correct. Mm. But weirdly, I'm so sorry. I meant to say Spain and Poland. Oh, okay. That would, I actually would have answered. Um, but you are still correct. Okay, I'll keep it. All right. Spain has like, 3,000 huh. and Poland has 2,500. I was going to be like, is... God, Portugal has 2,500 I was going to say, like, that's a lot of wolves if you, if you take the, the size of Portugal. Um, still weird, though. Mm-hmm. But I guess, well, Poland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see if I can get through this game without messing it up more. That's okay. Um, okay. Uh, Turkey and Kyrgyzstan. I'm going to say Kyrgyzstan. 
Turkey oh. has seven thousand. Kyrgyzstan has four thousand. Uh, yeah, more than Poland. More than Poland, though. Yeah. Uh huh. All right, Canada and Russia. Oh God. Okay. Well. See, there's a lot of things at play here. And mm-hmm. this is how I've been answering this, because you have mm-hmm. to factor in size, right, of the country. Yes. But just because the country's bigger doesn't mean that the, the you know, in terms it's, it's, of as, yeah, who's attacked as den- the wolves. As, as densely wolved. Yes, but I'm going to say Russia. You are correct. Russia, yes. in fact, has the most wolves. They have 300,000. Canada okay, has 60,000. I mean, it's at least reassuring to hear. That at least mm-hmm. Siberia and Russia still has wolves because that is is important. Is that I I I guess that's reassuring. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it would be. Pretty, don't you think if a, <laughs> if a place like Siberia yeah. there were no wolves, don't you feel like it would be mm-hmm. like almost worse? Mm-hmm. I yeah yeah. I mean that's that's yeah. We've, you know we've got, do you know what I mean? Like for the we, sake of it, it's like, huh. it, it, that's it's the attic of the world. We've got some wolves stored up there. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. Now the United States and Kazakhstan. I mean, I'm going to say Kazakhstan. You are correct. You're very nice. good at this. Hey, I'm sorry. Is- I know a weird amount about <laughs> wolf populations, I guess. Kazakhstan has 30,000. The U.S. has 18,000. Yeah. Well, we also just talked about how the U.S. doesn't really have any wolves anymore. So I was like, unless he tricks uh-huh. me with captivity. Uh-huh. All right. So let's. Okay, so you've heard Spain has three thousand. Right. Let's try to get. Let, let's let's see if we can. Um, uh, yeah. We're gonna get uh, to some little more granular uh, countries. Mm. So, who has more, Spain or Italy? Okay. All right. Let me channel my ancestral knowledge of the Mediterranean mm-hmm. yes, here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Your, your I, eyes are rolling back in your yes, head. Yes. Oh man, I'm cha- chanting in Latin. Um, yes. I. I mean, I think Spain. To be honest. Ooh. Oh, uh, Italy actually really? comes out on top with thirty three hundred wolves. That's interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that. Because yeah. again, I would assume they killed them all. I could be real. I mean, <laughs> no. Well, hey, you know, you you get you, you if uh, if you nurse the the two uh, true founding figures of uh, Remus, of Rome, yeah. yeah, you know, you keep some some wolves around. I guess. I guess. I guess that's true. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Okay. Now let's talk about Portugal. Portugal okay. versus Austria. I'm gonna say Austria. Interesting, but incorrect. Re- Portugal has more wolves than uh, really. Portugal has a lot more wolves than Austria. Actually, Austria has a growing population. Like a lot of Eastern huh. and Central Europe, they're doing a lot to um, uh, revitalize a lot of the lost habitat. But they only uh, the 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 most conservative number is fifty six wolves. Jesus, um, that's Portugal crazy. actually has really good protection uh, for wolves and even gives farmers compensation for livestock losses. They, uh, that's a good idea, they, actually. They, they estimate between two and 300 wolves in Portugal. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, yes. So uh, let's, okay, let's uh, 
let's see. Let's do a couple more. This sure. one's interesting. India versus Iran. That is a tricky one. Yeah. Mm. India, big country, I, but yeah, not but, but lot, lot lots of uh pressure on their environmental their gonna, environmental reserves. Iran, yeah. you know, more more strict, but not uh you know not not necessarily a place right. we think of with wolves. I'm gonna say Iran, actually. You would be correct. Nice. India, I, approximately a thousand. Iran, approximately mm. fifteen hundred. Okay. All right. So yeah, that's pretty decent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also think. I mean, it, it is one of these these things as we're playing mm-hmm. this, and this is also, I think, for you know, the audience at home, something to yeah. think about. It's like it is just shows you that like wolves don't just exist in like forested yeah. regions. It's like they are actually all over and important to many ecosystems. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for playing Dog on it. Oh yeah, thanks for having me. This was very mm-hmm. fun. This is a good game. I liked this. Yeah. Yeah, no, this was very interesting. I mean, it's also like, uh, I'm getting this from uh, worldpopulationreview.com, you know, and it does look like it's fair, it's updated fairly regularly. uh, Okay, that's good. um, you know, it's it's interesting, like looking at different uh, different regions and like, you know, just sort of extrapolating like what they're Mm -hmm. based on their relative size, like what uh, like what the environmental. uh, Yeah. uh, efforts look like you know like not to be topical but israel has uh, about 250 wolves but then mm. compare that with you know austria has 56 you know yeah it's it's, it's really interesting well like i'm also trying to affect like in terms of like events like global history and then thinking about like okay well would that have had anything to play with like did world war ii and like just general mm-hmm. fighting have anything to do with the habitat loss and like mm-hmm. also then like industrialization so it's it's interesting like thinking about those factors when it comes to how many populations would be played like even with italy like i guess i i don't know why i didn't i always forget like there's a lot of mountains like just in the middle right if if italy there too but also like in um this is just one just like thing i was thinking of as we're playing that like in sardinia for instance where like Mm -hmm. my side of the family on my mom's side is from it's Mm um you know my my one aunt it works on she she lives on a farm has a farm that's like what mm-hmm. her side does and yeah. they're sheep herders that's like mostly what they would do you know and that's wow. a huge livestock thing in, in Sardinia that's like her- oh, I knew it <laughs> but it's like that's that's a huge I mean that is like their one of their main um, exports is 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 yeah, the, uh, yeah. sheep wool and cheese and meats so they're very protective over maybe we'll have to talk about this at some point because it is kind mm-hmm. of wild how oh, many I'd love, like, I'd love feuds to talk about that. how many feuds start over this like it's kind of it's just if like one sheep dies or if the lamb dies mm-hmm. or something and somebody killed it but mm-hmm. the the shepherds there like will they always they they're allowed i think to have guns because they mm-hmm. can shoot um not wolves not coyotes but like feral dogs are like the issue yeah and in fact when i was on a I was walking out at one point, like on in this like mountain valley with my family, and we came across one that was killed. And it could be mm-hmm. somebody's pet. It could have also just been a random dog loose, or it could be a feral one that somebody mm-hmm. just shot on sight because they saw it as a threat. Wow. So it is like people are really protective because it's their it's their money. So I get it in mm-hmm. a certain extent. Like okay, this is your your 
your income, your your way to eat and feed your family. But at the other, it's just like, you know, it can if it's you know when you're fighting against you know shooting wolves or coyotes and things, it's it's devastating the environment. And it, yeah. I wonder if if actually you know like what Portugal was doing, like paying compensation if mm-hmm. an animal dies, could be a worthwhile thing for the U.S. at least, or finding yeah. some of these conservation efforts that like try to bridge a gap you know Mm -hmm. a little bit and not just make it like a lot of these like green deals that don't they say a lot but they don't really do a lot at the end of the day you know yeah i mean i know there was some hubbub a couple years ago about and i actually wanted to bring this up i I wanted to check in on this uh for our tour today um the reintroduction of bears to ireland because that sounded oh, very exciting. That's very interesting. But it turns out Ireland's there's so much habitat that was destroyed in Ireland that yeah. they really just released three uh rescued uh bears like in a little nature preserve in Ireland. There's not really a way to establish a population. Mm. Um you know, there's uh there's things like the the Florida black wolf, which recent study has shown to just be uh, basically a uh, red wolves that for whatever reason were often uh, just melanistic uh, in Florida. Huh. So just basically black, red, red wolves. Weird. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's even just wild to think about there being wolves running around uh, Florida. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, have, I wouldn't think of that. You know. Yeah. Well, th- I think one thing to remember is there used to be prairie down here. It wasn't yeah. the same. It wasn't the same. There was a lot of like sawgrass prairie, but there were open areas. There's deer down here. Um, yeah. There's ke- there's you know uh, there's things for them to eat, uh, like like skunk apes. Um, right <laughs> right you know but but we have we have black bear down here and yeah and stuff you know that 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 environment uh you know it kind of makes sense that they could support uh could support uh the wolves i think there, there's even stories of the um of certain like tribes having uh uh like kind of domesticated uh hmm. black wolves uh that they that they behaved well around people so it's also possible there was some intermixing with like feral dogs and things. So we, we, we don't really know. It's, it is one of the, it's an, on the one hand, a lot of the stuff is very exciting and we can, we can see how it plays out in the coming decades, but it is also kind of a reminder of just kind of how much has been destroyed, you know, even in just the last couple centuries. And it's going to be a lot of, work to try and get the biodiversity back up yeah a lot of consequences to the actions so it is yes it's 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 tough that's the world Mm -hmm. we live in and it's tough convincing people to care um i think that's really you know one of the big the big things here but it's important Mm -hmm. to care and it's important to to want these things to return to get things back on track and restore the environment to the best that we can you know yeah, and to also recognize that I I, I don't necessarily mean this in a uh, in a in 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 like a weird way of like trying to diminish 
the the value of human life yes as, as some mm-hmm. people some some people weirdly do but yeah. i do think there is also a it's not just about the benefits they serve to us i do think there is something yeah. also just worthwhile about respecting even uh non charismatic species and respecting the right for other things besides us to exist and, Absolutely. and flourish. And that's also difficult because there's a lot of people facing very uh, other, other less abstract issues and mm-hmm. getting everyone on board with, with something that's again, charismatic megafauna, something that it, at least for uh, a lot of people, it's kind of easy to get people behind, you know, ah, save the wolf, you know, save, you know, th- this, this very, uh, iconic animal. Right. Um, but there's, there, there's a lot of other things that go with that. There's a, as, as we can see, as we've seen from these previous efforts, it's not just about getting the wolves to reproduce and then putting them back out there. It's a, it is a big collective effort to yeah restart an ecosystem basically so that you can even support an apex predator that means yeah you know that means replanting a lot of native uh uh plants that means like trying to get uh that means like doing the the less exciting stuff like you know paying attention to bugs and snails and stuff like making sure that they're healthy too it runs not, deep yeah absolutely. it does it does it's very yeah. important mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well thank you for for coming along with with me uh on this uh on on this very very topical yeah uh, exploration today no, thank thank you for leading it and for doing all this research and bringing this to our attention and to sharing well, it with of course us all. i i'm i'm the alpha this week <laughs> there it you know we didn't make enough uh uh megaverse jokes that's funny you are the alpha uh absolutely um oh my gosh no yeah thank thank you so much for sharing this though i think it's very topical for sure and something we should absolutely revisit i mean we've talked about this a little bit with the saltwater crocodiles in australia so you know we have our own issues with with conservation and with living amongst um apex predators here so you know it's it's uh it's important, and I think moving mm-hmm. forward in the coming decades, it'll be even more important as we try to put put things back on track. Hopefully, you know, save the environment a bit and try to avoid some climate catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like I'm, I'm, I'm also just surprised there's no like sports team in the South like called like the Red Wolves. You'd think they'd get really. You think? It. Yeah, honestly, that is kind of surprising. Yeah. Huh. Anyways, well, uh. Thanks uh, for coming with us on this tour and this talk. Uh, I guess that means we should go into uh, Stick It or Ticket. I know, yes. Joe, you've been sick. Uh, I, I actually have some. Get... <gasps> you have I some. Have, okay. I have All to right. say, so I, I felt so upset because last time I had none. And mm-hmm. um, but But would you have it? The day after we've talked <laughs> about that, I found a bunch. And luckily, yeah, I, I had been sick. Um, and I was, you know, very sick for like a week plus, but I got some before then. Uh, can I, can I throw some of these at you? Oh, oh, let's do it. 
All right. So the first one I saw, and I know you'll find this funny, was uh, it said, will break for TJ Maxx. <laughs> and I don't know, like, the implications of that I just found very funny. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is very good. Right? That the is, other, oh, I, this person. I know. They get it. I saw another that said, bestie, please let me merge. <laughs> Which is very good. Oh, these are good. These yeah, are, these... Uh, there was another that said sugar me interesting yeah right don't really know that one uh another said what would dolly do mm-hmm. like for dolly like, pardon it was a picture oh, of dolly pardon it said oh, what would okay, dolly okay. do and then the other i guess kind of topical but also a little not thought through it said fight smog buy horses and i was like i don't know if i want to go back to that period of time do you know what I mean? I mean, I get it. Mm. Better for the environment, but mm -hmm. rampant animal abuse. So I mean, uh, just, mm. just, just a lot of horse manure too. A lot of horse manure. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of horse manure. Interesting Very times, but yeah, yeah. So a okay. huge array of of bumper stickers for us for the start this wow. new year. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. I saw. I did not see as many gems, but I did see a couple. One was hot girls hit curbs. That's great. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, one that I saw just on my uh, way here today was uh, in the got milk font was gut deer. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think I think those those are my th those okay. are my standouts. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, thank you, thank you for your wonderful contributions. I'm happy to help. To, uh, I was uh, waiting. I was very excited to bring those back. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, um, let's mosey in then to uncanny recommendations. What are some things we're reading, watching, listening to that uh, we can share with the people out there? Oh, man. Uh, well, I have a bunch because, I, as mm -hmm. I said, I've been sick. So I was able to just watch and listen to a lot of things. Uh, firstly, I guess I'll start off on some movies. Uh, I watched Saltburn recently, which I know mm. has been taking the internet by storm uh, with Jacob Elordi and, and Barry Kerrigan in it. It's very good. I, I liked it. I don't think it's the weirdest, most disturbing movie I've ever seen. I think people who mm. say that... I think are being a little dramatic, but it is worth a watch and it was very interesting and has a lot to do with like, you know, class and politics and things like that. Um, so, you know, I, I found it an enjoyable and kind of interesting watch. I don't know if it's something I would watch with my parents personally, but I did mm. like it. Uh, I also watched an older movie uh, that I, that I actually got as a present, but it was called, it's called um, days of heaven. Mm. Um, and it's it's like from the 78 i want to say 1978 something like that and it's it's very good i i i absolutely recommend it but i think it, it functions better as like a video artwork than like a movie because just like or as a as a narrative just because the story's a little kind of generic it's about like this um you know this guy and his sister and girlfriend run away from chicago after he kills his foreman to uh the hmm. texas panhandle to work as like hay balers or whatever that's called you know when they collect the wheat and yeah. then he fucking barley he, basically yeah and and it's like kind of just them existing there and his he has his girlfriend basically 
they they pretend that they're siblings. I don't know why, but they just decide that it'll be easier for less questions. So then their girlfriend falls in love with the uh, guy who is the head of the house, the head of the, the ranch house, because they essentially try to set it up to swindle their way into gaining this place and then huh. stuff just falls apart. But every scene is like a why and, and even i was reading about the director and the and the the um cinematographer's whole thing and they were taking tons of inspiration from like vermeer interiors to to uh andrew wyeth paintings and just like some of the ways that these are captured is just it's very beautiful so definitely a very beautifully shot film um and i would definitely i would definitely recommend that for sure and i also watched uh we talked about this i think once because you saw it uh asteroid city which was fun. Oh. And I, I, I enjoy, I mean, I don't think it's his best movie, but I enjoyed the color palette and the music mm-hmm. for sure. So I just wanted to bring that up since I never got to tell you that I saw that either. Zan. <laughs> yeah. nice. uh, and uh, also I've been um, listening to this band called uh, Relations, specifically from their, their album Songbirds has been pretty good. Saw them on the latest yeah. season of, the last season actually of Letter Kenny, which I just watched too, uh, which was very great and a nice ending to that story. And then um, just really quickly for some books, I did finish the Jakarta Method by Vincent Bevins, which I would definitely recommend. It will change a lot of your perspective on how uh, really what what happened to the, a lot of the leftist and communist movements, both out in East Asia and then in South America too, and it's it's definitely very informative and kind of disturbing in some spots. So, but I would definitely mm. recommend it as essential reading, especially if you're kind of interested in more, you know, world global events. And uh, I just fin- finished a book called Wool by Hugh Howey, which was a um, it's 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 what Silo that Apple show is based off of. And okay. I'll give that a recommendation too, just because I needed to know what happened in the season. So, but the show is very good. I think the show is better than the book in this case, but the book was worth a read. It was pretty quick for being like six hundred pages, so mm. it, it goes by fast. Um, and that is my recommendation. Sped run as best as I can. <laughs> Uh, nice. How about how about you, Zan? What do you got for us? Um, I read something short, uh, so I will keep my uh, recommendations fairly short. I um, read uh, the House Guest and other uh, short stories by uh, Amparo Davila, uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, you know, uh, I'm always a fan of short stories as sort of a palate cleanser between uh, larger books, and this was one you know that. Um, had you know just a lot of interesting kind of little psychological stories you get to just spend you know uh a half hour at a time with mm. uh so i uh you know i i uh i i don't entirely know how to even uh uh describe a lot of them there are there, there's a lot of realism but there's also that little bit of heightened reality uh as gotcha. well um that's in there uh i don't know if you would just call that magical realism then i don't know um (laughs) but uh that i I do recommend uh that and also um i recently got turned on to this album called illuminations by buffy saint marie Uh, Mm. it is a 1969 uh experimental album that is uh Buffy St. Marie, she she has a voice a lot like Melanie. You know, hmm. you can hear like, you know, that's probably like, you know, the kind of that type of that type of uh, singer-songwriter folk 
uh, folk revival uh, female vocal that would have been popular at the time. Um, but it is layered with a bunch of early synthesizers uh, accompanying Interesting. her. So it is half experimental electronic, late 60s, uh, you know, uh, experimental electronic music combined with uh, that late 60s uh, folk sound. Uh, hmm. So very interesting album. Also very cool album cover. Um, so those will be my recommendations uh, as we kick the year off. Uh, what about nice. Outside the Museum? What's going on with you, Joe? Uh, not too much at the moment, to be honest. I'm getting, you know, ready to apply for some shows and things during 2024. But, you know, as always, you can check out my music, uh, which is just my name, Josemino, on Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else. And also my website, uh, com. How about you? Anything going on? Nice. Um, nothing uh, to announce just yet. I've got some music projects uh, in the works, but as always, you can check out uh, our music that is out, Jazz Club by Ghost Modern, available sure, on streaming. Sure. Um, if you didn't get a chance to, uh, you know, get it into your uh, 2023 wrapped, now's your time yeah. to start. Good time to start. Uh, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, then if uh, you're in uh, the uh, Hudson Valley region, of course, my uh, work is still up as it is at um, uh, at the Folk House Collective in Kingston, New York. And of course, I've got uh, artwork available uh, on my website, zampeters.com. Uh, yeah, with uh, more coming all the time. Nice, nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been... Uh, packed episode <laughs> nice Thanks. it absolutely Just, has been mm-hmm. well uh thank you for coming to the uncanny county museum today uh if you want to find us after hours we are at uncanny county museum uh on instagram uh if you want to email us reach out to us about anything you can uh shoot us a message at uh, uncanny county uh museum at gmail.com oh i got i we take a break and i and i forget how to do this it's all good it's all good and you can find me at xanasaurus on instagram and you can find me at at justamino art on instagram and from the uncanny county museum (sighs) i have been (laughs) and i've been (laughs) justamino bye